0: if you like ducks, dogs, training, deer hunting, anything outdoors then this is the podcast for you guys this is the Fly and Bee Podcast I'm Thaddeus Bash, I'm your host for this beautiful ride and I'm assisted by my co-host Mr. Changmore Bang you can tune in every week and join us as we talk about anything and everything under the moon that you guys want us to talk about some facts, some fiction, and a whole lot of opinions I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Let's hop into it. What is going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Flying V podcast. It has been a good while, it feels like, since I have seen you guys. Uh, I guess it's only been like a week, but uh, <laughs> it has been a busy week. As you can see, we're all settled in to the new Creation space. So, uh, I finally got my own office and my own little workshop, and uh, this is where all the new videos are going to be made. Um, so, we will be doing a tour of it. I'll throw up a video. It's nothing special, but I'll throw up a video on the YouTube channel um, of the new space and what we got to work with now. I'm really excited. Uh, hopefully, it'll kind of elevate our. Uh, capabilities and we can bring some better content to you guys but uh i thank you all for being patient uh we didn't do a podcast we took a week off uh i told myself earlier in the week you know i just you know we're gonna focus on moving getting everything settled in uh and decompressing and then uh you know i'll have time to edit and get get the next episode up which is this episode and we're traveling all the way to the west coast Uh, to California we're going to talk about some waterfowl in Cali and California gets a lot of hate guys uh, you know for being such a blue state uh, and and all their silly laws and regulations and everyone says it's a different country but they from what I've heard from other people have some exceptional waterfowl hunting Uh, now be it true or not we're gonna find out today, so uh, stay tuned for that. We'll hop at uh, we'll hop into that in just a minute. Um, normally, we do our weekly recap, myself and Vang. Unfortunately, Vang is out this week. Um, he is traveling, so he won't be able to do the podcast with me. Uh, he's celebrating his birthday, so when you guys listen to this. Uh, tell vang happy birthday drop down below in the comments or if you're on the youtube video and say happy birthday vang or whatever and uh we'll let him see all those kind words um so it might be a it's gonna be a little bit different episode but i've done it without him before um uh, so i'm excited uh, hopefully the week off gave you guys a chance to uh, catch up on the content uh i know a couple of you guys actually messaged me saying oh man where's the podcast where's it at uh hey Thanks. I appreciate it. That means that we got some people who actually follow the channel. Uh, So I'm glad you guys enjoy it. Uh, That was the goal when we started out with this series. But a weekly recap for me since we last talked. Um, obviously, we were moving. Uh, so we had to move out of the old place and deep clean it, move everything here. Um, this is so much bigger than what we had. Uh, so we had tons of stuff to buy. I got the chance to train. Um, been working with Boone a little bit. Uh, we got some stuff coming up with him. Um, with, with the fall test, with this COVID BS coming back up, um, you know, the, and everything... <sighs> I don't know if we're going to be running any finished tests this fall or not. There's one this weekend, but it's way too hot right now. I was hoping uh, September, October to run some, but I don't know. There is an AKC test uh, in October that I might be running. So we might run our first master test this fall. Um, but it really just depends on our progression over the next month and how ready I think he is, but uh, we've been doing some little yard stuff It's nice to have a bigger yard now so we can actually do yard drills. Uh, so hopefully uh, we, we see some changes um, I'm excited guys. I, if you can't tell um, I just feel like I have a different energy now, you know we wanted to move for a while and We finally got to make it happen. So uh, very excited very happy um and and thanks for all the kind words from all of you guys uh, on facebook and instagram and again thank you guys for being patient with me um as we kind of went through this process but we're back and we're better so uh this week is gonna be uh like i said we're gonna be talking to uh kurt mcmillan um he runs lone tree waterfowl on instagram you guys i'll leave a link down below and uh head over there check out his page give him a follow um he's from california he duck hunts california and uh he's one of the drake field experts uh, so he, he's a pretty good candidate uh he fits in well with us uh and I, and I appreciate him taking the time out of his day to hop on the show and join us um uh, you, you know last week we did arkansas or last episode and, and it was a great episode we had freddie come on here um which freddie's a great dude um if you're listening freddie thank you again uh i can't say enough about him he, he really, uh, does so much for everybody, uh, and the dog training community. Uh, and, and he's a big time duck hunter. If you guys never saw his, uh, echo boys or anything like that, head on YouTube and you can check them out there. They're, they're pretty fun to watch and uh, that's some good duck hunting right there, but I enjoyed that episode. Uh, and, and I think this week we're going to have another good one and then we're going to start getting into some of these meteor states that, uh, that might, might be a little bit challenging. So, uh. I'm excited to keep on pushing forward with this podcast uh, and get back to work with everything. So uh, without further ado, let me go ahead and and we'll get Kirk in here and we'll get this thing started. Hopefully
1: this audio comes through okay.
0: Adios. Hey man. Hey. All right guys so uh, we do got Kirk on here now and uh, what are you doing right now? You're working right now Kirk or? Yeah right now we're getting ready for almond harvest so I'm driving around and uh, these, these guys are going to be shaking their necks. Um, so I can kind of let our processing back know what to expect them. Oh I got you. So, uh, so, so what do you do? Um, me my dad my brother we are almond and walnut for a handful of almond and almond processing plants, independently owned. We kind huh. of go and try to talk to these growers about coming to our processing plant. Gotcha. That's pretty neat. Yeah, uh, I've never yeah, it is. never heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, my dad started this about twenty-five plus years ago, and then. Um, had too much and then brought my brother in and then a year later asked why I wanted to come work with you and I said, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So we have growers all the way down, three hours south of us, all the way to four hours north of us, Bakersfield, all the way to uh, Redding. We have growers. Yeah, got Yeah. Right yeah. on. So w- where in California are you? We're just about an hour north of Fresno. So we're much smack down the middle of California. Okay. And uh, have you? Are you from California? Have you been there your whole life? Or yeah, born and raised. Um, from his dad, and then uh, lived in San Diego for about six, seven years, and came back here and started working
1: for my dad. So uh, yeah, I'm really glad I did because my off season is right when duck season starts, so perfect. Yeah. Damn.
0: Well, <laughs> I. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was just actually talking in the introduction about how everyone, you know, California gets a lot of hate. You guys get a lot of crap from everybody, uh, you, you know, because it's such a you know a blue state, and and there's a lot of very dumb laws in California. Uh, yeah, but you guys are you guys? Is everyone in California like that? No, no. So that's basically <laughs> when they, you know, when they show blue. It's basically to go all the way down to. The-
1: San Diego, you know, But if you come down into the valley, I mean we're pretty red through here. Yeah. Gotcha. We're pretty red here. Yeah. Gotcha. But um yeah, the rules, the regulations
0: they keep putting on us with even just from hunting to fishing, it's just getting ridiculous. Yeah, I've I you know, I've seen it all over the news. Uh uh and I stay up, you know, kind of try and stay up to date with stuff that's going across the whole country. But, uh, you know, I've been to California once. uh, Well, I guess twice. Uh, When I joined the Marine Corps, I went to boot camp in San Diego. I never actually, like, went around San Diego though. And then I went back to school in California uh, for the Marine Corps as well. So I never really, like, I was in California, but I never really, like, actually truly experienced California. Yeah. Uh, I don't... Don't think I'd like to, though. Maybe where you live, but <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, like Tenio L.A., San Francisco, just don't go there and just come. You know, the Central Valley—we got a lot of. I mean, there's not much to do if you're younger, but if you love the outdoors, I mean, there's plenty of hunting and fishing spots that would keep you busy for you know for quite some time. Yeah. Um, yeah well you know and, and i've always heard uh that california is just a, a, a jam up place uh like hunting wise you guys got it good out there and uh and i think that's going to come as a surprise to a lot of people uh, when they listen to this episode because you know when you think of hunting in general not just waterfowl hunting but you know the outdoors california is definitely not at the top of the list you know for states that come to mind but oh uh, Think about coming and either waterfelling or deer hunting or pig hunting or whatever you know. Oh yeah, well you can you can, you can blame Hollywood and uh, San Francisco and all that shit. Uh,
2: yeah, that's and that's what's really driving this uh, state straight to the ground. Is those people telling
0: the rest of the state how to you know basically live their lives It's <laughs> truly really messed up. Yeah, for sure, man well uh we'll try and uh we'll take up as as minimal time as we can with you i don't to want to keep you busy all day but uh um what's your what's your hunting background i mean have you been hunting your whole life Is your family hunt or no so my when i was younger my dad's a big fly fisherman so i got i never even owned a spinning reel until
2: i was maybe in high school i was just i grew up learning how to fly fish yeah and we did that for a while. Then I got into high school, played right work and I just—I never had friends that hunted. I mean, anything deer hunted, nothing. Um, it was funny. I moved back from San Diego, so I worked with my dad, and I had this uh, buddy who was dating one of my really good friends. Um, they're married now, but he had some
1: private land that his family owned at one point, and he invited me to go duck hunting one time. And I said, okay. So I got my license. Uh, I went out one time, we're sitting there, it's in a big old ranch, we hunting cow ponds. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I remember waking up and it was
2: raining sideways, cold. And I called him, I go, hey, are we still hunting? You know, I didn't know that that's what you did, that's what you like to duck hunt. And he goes, oh, it's gonna be good. And we went out there and we hammered him. Really? And we, yeah, right off the get-go, just, they came in, for shoot live, we, i couldn't tell you how many we had on there—and
0: just hammered nothing but mallards. But I did shoot the only pintail that he's ever seen out of that ranch. My first bird was a pintail. Damn. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And after you... that, after that, like we gotta do this more. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. So that—that's what started it all. You're just hooked from then. I thought it was like that all the time. Yeah. He, then he introduced me to refuges, and I started
1: hunting refuges by myself. He couldn't go; he had to work, and um, you know, harvest was done. So we don't really work at all during October all the way to February. We don't really do anything. Yeah. So I was just going out, and I was just learning the refuges by myself. With mm. I had I just got a pup. I wanted a dog and, and we would just go and figure it out, you know? Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of, uh, bad choices and wrong places to be. And, you know, <laughs> didn't know where
0: I was, type my chain, turned around sideways. But after the first couple of years, I started figuring out these refugees around and it got to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, that's how you learn. I mean, that's, that goes for kind of everything in life is you. You learn from your failures for sure. Uh, oh yeah, and, and, I have bad failures. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, and when it comes to duck hunting, dude, I mean, you, you know, you can read and watch videos and this and that, but at the end of the day, you know, every body of water or field that you hunt is completely different, uh, and, and birds act different everywhere you go. So, I mean, you know, some information uh, is is pretty generalized and can touch on everyone but i, I think for the most part it, it really just depends on where you are and what you're doing so I, that's what i tell people all the time they like ask me well what would you recommend for a new duck hunter where should i go i mean yeah i mean the only thing you can do is just get out there and try it i mean <laughs> yeah i just, well. just go i just i would pick up somewhere on the map and i didn't know if it was good or not
1: and i go i haven't been there i'm trying this and each time i went out i just tried a brand new spot yeah, for and sure. Just kind of started jotting those places down and what time of the year it was. And kind of started doing that. You know, figured out real fast that November is
0: horrible here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're finding out more mosquitoes than you're even pulling the trigger. That's for sure. Yeah. So, uh, when what's your guys' seasons? So we usually start the third weekend of October and we
1: go without any break all the way until the end of January. Huh? Really?
2: yeah what? yeah we go all the way in january i would like them to do maybe the first two weeks i mean keep it the third weekend of october for two weeks and then just cut it off until about mid-december yeah you know, don't let anybody go out there and just wait till mid-december
0: and then go out there for a month and a half i think that would be great yeah so you you think that november is is not productive or uh, not productive from where i live if yeah you No, know, do if you got some rice fields uh, my bu- my brother was in a rice line up north, uh, about two and a half hours north of us, in the Sack Valley. And in November, it was great because they started filling up the rice fields and the geese started working in there. And you can go out there and just have a field day with some snow. and sex. Yeah, yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be pretty fun. So
2: yeah, that that was fun because you just parked the truck and walked two hundred yards and
0: you're already in the blind. I wasn't used it up. <laughs> <sure. laughs> yeah. So so do you hunt like primarily public land?
2: Year because I'm kind of just getting sick of the whole refuge thing yeah um, you know people like about 30 minutes and shoot time coming and piling up on you and stuff. just doesn't make the experience harder you know it kind of ruins the hunt for both
1: of us it yep. might be thinking it's helping them but um, so me and my brother are going to duck so we're gonna try it out this year see how it works um, and I got a couple private land around
0: uh, the refuges down here that are like cow pastures that um, when a certain creek floods, um, we get a lot of ducks, but mainly geese. Yeah. And it's a bunch of snows and cackles kind uh, illusion and huh. um, sex. yeah. Damn, yeah, so what, a. I get, like, I'm trying to picture, like, California, like, what, I mean, what, yeah, what, what kind of, like, you know, like what kind of what's what's the climate? I mean, are you guys in like marshes, or like prairie marshes, or are you of like sloughs? Yeah, like I mean...
2: tule patches, marshes everywhere. You know,
1: we call it the grasslands down here where I'm from. Yeah, and it's just nothing but tule patches and ponds everywhere. Um,
2: some are got yeah, some ponds out here that are a little bit more bigger open water. You know, but majority of them are nice big tall tule patches. Okay. You know, there's a lot of spots there that are um. Really good. Even up north, it's kind of the same way, like in the Sac Valley area. Um, but you start getting up there, I and mean, you start kind of um, getting into the rice, and then the uh, refuges even do a really good job with the chile patches up there as well. So it's mainly, you know, chile. Huh.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It just—it was hard for me to get it for some reason. All I pictured with California is like deserts and mountains. Like, so, so I was right. trying to all paint right. a picture. <laughs> um, like we
1: go up to northeastern california for openers sometimes we're speaking of october yeah and we're shooting above above chico and we're you know five six thousand feet up up their elevation and we're hunting duck meat yeah that's crazy yeah it is crazy you're sitting there we're hunting and there's a big old mountain range in the background it's pretty cool
0: that you, know, you can just drive five hours have that and drive back down your home state and you're back to the julies oh yeah yeah, yeah it's uh yeah when we did uh when we did alaska Scott was telling us about uh and sent me tons and tons of pictures and videos, man. Because I was just you know flabbergasted at the stories he was telling me. It it was awesome. I mean, you know, they literally we like cruising through a marsh that's in the mountains, and it's just that's one hell of a place. Uh, (laughs) But but California sounds pretty freaking sweet too. Um, So so with you hunting public land, uh, you know. Primarily, how are how is the public land? You know, at least around where you're at, um, or the whole state, if you know. I mean, is there is there good access? Is the public land actually that is available actually good hunting? Or yeah, uh, like opening. I'd say at first opening weekend. Of course, it's just wiped out. You mm-hmm. know, I mean,
1: I'm almost like wherever you go in California, um, especially if you get um, you know we do reservations for the uh, refugees here. Yeah. You can go up there and not just shoot duck, you can go up there and shoot
0: sounds a lot better than where we're at um, and, and you know like Louisiana we were talking about it last week Is a, it's a state that has tons and tons of public land uh, is just very poorly managed uh, by the state so it's not all great public land but uh, that's awesome I never would have thought California would I guess you know it's California is a huge state so everything really you know depends on where you're at i'm sure but yeah that sounds pretty yeah, damn nice pretty much so i mean they and, you know, each you know, refuge offers anywhere from blinds to free room to assigned ponds, so you know whatever you're comfortable with and whatever you can get um it's pretty awesome but yeah i mean, they opening opening weekend i mean go out there and secure with you know a yeah. pretty decent spot yeah so do you uh do you kayak in or do you got a boat or so you got
2: in a parking lot, and then you go from there, and you find go find the pond that you want. Um, hopefully, nobody's there already. Yeah, and uh, you put all your decoys and all your gear onto a cart. I have a cart and a sled,
0: and you put it all in there, to strap it down, and you actually push the cart all the way out to gotcha. the pond that you want to go. Yeah, we walked. I mean, we were from a quarter mile and shot to two and a half miles stop chopper. Yeah, no, we've. Uh... Yeah, we, we've got some stuff like that. Uh, one of the ponds we hunt on is like a two-mile trek through the woods. Uh, but but it's a four-wheeler accessible place. So, uh, oh, yeah, I don't have a four-wheeler. But when we get people who have a four-wheeler, uh, that's when we'll go hunt there. We'll just make a couple trips. Uh, but, yeah, some of them, some of the walk-in refuges, man, that's when you find out how committed someone is. Is, is when you pull up and be like, hey, man, we got to walk two miles and then – we actually start walking into the marsh. Uh, right. Yeah. And while you're fighting off the mosquitoes too, so just put your head down and go. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a. So what's the what what's the climate like there during your hunting season?
2: Um. Well, it used to be really cold, and like kind of November, start getting some December and January, and yeah, you know, I I remember walking out, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, and it got down to thirty. Degrees, there was a very top sheet of ice on top of the
1: water. Yeah, you know, so it does get cold in the morning, like late December, January, in the past recent years. But majority of the time, I think from October to even a Thanksgiving. I mean, you're you're hunting stuff, when you're 68, 70 degree weather. Yeah, you know, like 40, 50 degrees walking out. You're basically walking out in a breathable long sleeve shirt and <laughs> trying not to sweat. Like, right? oh yeah. yeah.
0: It gets pretty hot. Then you, then, you, then all of a sudden these breathable waiters came out. So, like, thank god I don't have to do with the neoprene anymore. Yeah, it saved your life. Oh my guess is a game changer. Once those breathables came out, that was a game changer for us. For well sure. yeah, and well that and, and you know, like you said, not just for how freaking hot neoprene is, but also just the hike in, man. That that it makes such a difference when you have that mobility and that weight, you don't realize how heavy neoprene waders are until you don't wear them anymore. Yeah, until you don't wear them, exactly. Especially when you get out of the pond and then you throw them on your cart. <laughs> you, like, you feel like they gain 20 pounds. You're like, what? Yeah. yeah, they, uh, I know what you're talking about. I remember plenty of treks in those suckers, uh, you know, and, and I had a pair of the, or I still have them, a pair of the, the Drake ones, and they're tough as nails, but man, them suckers are Thick, dude, and, and you know you just trek forever. Uh, oh yeah, those trek those really I've, I've been through black and stuff. They still haven't ripped me. Yeah, they're, uh, they're they're tough, man. But you know, they are. They're hot. I remember, uh, that, you know, and and we here our temperature. I mean, I'd say it's kind of similar. You know, we don't get super cold, uh, but in, in January or so, it it'll be in the 20s in the mornings 30s um uh, and then it, during the day it gets around 50 60. Uh, but i remember plenty of 30 degree mornings trekking through the woods just sweating like crazy uh, uh so i'm glad those days are for the most part gone and over yeah for the most part. uh th- but yeah that's that's awesome so it's, it's at least it's cool that you know we kind of hunting a, a similar style. So I can relate uh, for sure. What, a so whats is, what, what is the most common duck you kill? I mean, what's your typical bag consist of? Um, honestly, it's, you know, it's going toward, you know, we don't like it, but it's kind of grown
1: up, grown up, both well, me and my friends. You know, we shoot a lot of steel and a lot of food. Really? A lot of food. Yeah, they're just in the area. I'm getting up at four a.m. to go out
2: and hunt. I don't care what's coming. I mean, I'll pounce on a bufflehead or you know a ruddy duck, or yeah. Stuff like that. But, but if a spoonie's coming in in my decoy, it's
1: gonna die. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna pounce on it. You know, that's me. Yeah, heard that. And, uh,
2: but it's mainly spoonies, teal, I and then later in the season, um, we'll start getting the gavels and uh, witching. Of course, California just has an abundance of pintails, and it's. That's one of the hardest things about hunting in California, is we only get to shoot one pintail, <laughs> and you can shoot one, and then sit there the rest of the morning and watch hundreds of thousands just fly right over you shooting. I mean, It's, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy. It's stuck that year after year.
0: Yeah. No, uh, yeah. I, I can't relate. I mean, I'm I've, <laughs> I've still yet to kill a pintail. Uh but like in southern Louisiana, uh like I'll see videos of it all the time on Facebook and the groups and stuff, you know, because our limit on pintails is also one. And and they'll have just hundreds of them just flying through the marsh and decoying and all kinds of shit. And I'm just like, man, I just want one to fly through my spread. Like that's it. Just give me one spree. <laughs> uh oh man, it, it is tough. But it's tough for you tip, especially the ride, because that's what all big see. So you just sit there until
1: you Find one that you really want, and then you shoot it, and you try not to hit another one because they fly so close, yeah. you know, so you start courtshipping and you deal with it and sit there, and hopefully something else comes in. But um, that's pretty tough to, to watch day in day out. But, uh, Mallards-wise, uh, we shoot basically Mallards that are born and raised in California. Yeah. Like, we don't get really that come from
2: canada or or washington and stuff like
0: that mm-hmm. i would say probably 75-8 percent of mallards we shoot in california are from california yeah no that makes sense uh and, yeah. and i think a lot of the southern states are kind of the same way um just with the climate you know i mean like the teal and stuff here i mean we hold teal here year round i mean they nest here and uh At least in my opinion. Some people would disagree, but... do you guys see a lot of blue wings over there? Oh, yeah. Blue wings and green wings. We don't have the elusive cinnamon teal that you guys have. No. Yeah, we got a lot of green wings. We got... We're getting bigger and bigger in cinnamon, but
1: I, out of all my group of friends and baby all the time, I've only seen three
0: pictures of the blue wings. Really? They're pretty... They are rare over here. Yeah. Well... Yeah. I've never seen a cinnamon teal, so we can make a trade right here. We'll... Okay, I'll do a trade, okay. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. That's why my bucket list right, is a cinnamon teal. I'd right. love me to Yeah, we, uh, we get a good chunk of uh, them. Well, you know, like at least where I hunt, we, we get like a 50-50 split of blue and green wings. Uh, I love them both. Teal are like my top three favorite eating ducks. Um. Um, as it they? is. So I, I don't really care uh, what color they are because they all eat the same to me. But uh yeah when they're f a fully plumed out uh Drake blue wing is one of the best looking ducks there is. Um mm-hmm and i've yet to kill one of those that's a you know i've killed of blue wings but i've never killed a fully plumed one with with a full crescent and everything on the head they're sharp looking ducks when they're plumed they are but, they are
2: the pictures i know
0: they'll do it justice yeah but we don't every all the ones that we kill usually the the drakes look like the hens do unfortunately uh, um,
2: that's good are you down there for early
0: seasons you guys have an early season down there yeah we're about well, about five, six weeks away now. But, uh, uh, you we, lucky dog. You know, we get them. It, it really is hit or miss, though. I mean, I've said it on here before. I never have luck during teal season here. Uh, where we are in the state, uh, we're in northwest Louisiana, so we're kind of smack dab in between two flyways uh, between the Mississippi. We're too far off the Mississippi to be in the Mississippi flyway, and we're too far um, east of the central flyway to be central so we're literally stuck in between two uh so it, it really everything our whole season really just depends on chance and how many local birds there are um right. so it's hit or miss we got to really travel travel to get on um some good birds uh but hopefully teal season i plan to head east this year and uh get into some messes now down in if you want to go on blue wing hunt man uh we need to just book us a trip down in like uh, South Louisiana and the coastal marshes and or the rice fields down there, and guaranteed to just wax them. They have such a great time down there, but uh, up here's a little different story. I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's on. Uh, we talked about it with uh, Freddie last episode, but it's on my to-do list. Just, just I feel like every fucking day. We, Freaking day, excuse me. My to do list just grows more and more. Uh, so we'll get that one day. But uh what uh what what are your limits up there? I mean you said one pintail, what about everything else? Uh I believe Redhead and Canvasbacks are two. Um
2: is seven, which I don't understand. Like I I don't think that, you know, we should probably cut that down to maybe five.
1: Yeah. You know?
2: I mean, just because it's just not that much of them. Yeah, you can get into them. Don't get me wrong. There's spots where you can just go out there and hammer that the of greenhead on the spot. <laughs> even on the red certain times of the year. Yeah. You, know, you can get into them. But for the most part,
1: I mean, if you walk out, I feel like if I walk out of the red and I got two greenheads in my hand, I was somewhere really good. Yeah. You know, my fault was working. I was in the right spot. Yeah. Um, but you can shoot seven greenheads. Always two
0: can be females. And then everything else is just, yeah, seven. Spoonies, steel, all that stuff. So great. your overall limit's seven? Yeah,
2: overall is seven. Huh. Um, I think you shoot 20
0: white geese and 10 dark geese. Okay, yeah. So I never really thought of California as a goose hunting state. You know what? Uh, Ten years ago or so, it was in
2: sudden and they have just been coming down that back valley in the rice field yeah. so early. And they're there for months and months and then all of a sudden they get up and they go and they used to go by the Delta, along the Delta and hang around there. That's like around dark and Mantica up there. Hmm. And then but lately they've just been skipping that and coming straight to the grasslands and hanging around, you know, Merced County, Santa County and on private private land and the refuge flow zones.
1: Yeah. Last
0: year, I was the earliest I've ever seen stacks here, I think it was like before Thanksgiving. There was already abundance of them everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, man, yeah. California's better than where I'm at. I mean, we don't <laughs> we we get a we rarely get geese. At least where I am. Like I said, I I can't speak for Louisiana as a whole because we're in like probably one of the worst areas in Louisiana for uh, waterfowl <laughs> hunting. Uh, but we still get it done sometimes. What a. Right. <laughs> I just had it's... some. I had some on the tip of my tongue and I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, uh, states. How many, how many states besides California have you hunted in, man? Um, you know what? i have actually trying to. I'm trying to book a hunt in Oregon. I have my brother Elizabeth, up there in and I'm going to go up there and visit
1: them. But from what I hear, the time I'm going to be up there is not the time to hunt. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's only, I've only hunted in California. I've never really branched out um, and tried anything else. Okay, um, I would love to go to North Dakota, South Dakota, yeah, and hunt up there. Up to the geese. I'd love to go down to Louisiana and do some timber
2: hunt. And you know, that's I think right. that would be fun. I see all these videos. I think a timber hunt would just be
0: awesome. Yeah, it's a. I definitely remember my first couple hunts in the timber because I'm not from Louisiana. I'm from Indiana. Uh, but I've been down here for three years now, over three years now. And, and I definitely remember this will be my fourth duck season here. But I remember my first time Well, help just seeing like cypress trees and flooded timber. I was like, wow. This is freaking awesome. Uh, and I definitely remember my first hunts in there and it, it's fun. I still, I still enjoy it. Uh, Last year, we didn't really get into the timber a whole lot just because, I mean, there really just was a terrible year for us, duck-wise. We didn't have uh, much luck anywhere. But when, when they're in there, man, they're in there, and it's definitely fun. Arkansas is the place to go for green timber. Uh, we did Arkansas last week with Freddie King, and he just, yeah, he made me just Jealous and daydreaming. Uh so um, it that's on my list this year is I want to go to Arkansas and hunt some, some green timber up there. Cause uh, yeah it's only like an hour, two hour drive from me. Um well, I'm that's... just lazy, I guess. <laughs> <gonna get> lazy. <laughs> I don't know. I just I, I've been saying since I came down here, man, I want to go to Arkansas, but I, I haven't I don't know. I don't know why I haven't. We drive to Oklahoma and hunt, we'll drive to Texas and hunt, but I haven't went to Arkansas. Yeah, Yeah, um, you know, pick lines are fine. You know, I I like the whole brushing them up, and that whole experience. And, you know, the yeah, it's a lot of hard work, but man, when you do a ride, when you have those birds right there on top of you. It's nothing like it. Oh yeah, no, I I agree. It's a it's definitely a blast. I love. Uh, excuse me, I love hunting in fields, man, and it, it just unfortunately we don't really get to here a lot of our hunting is just marshes and sloughs and um, we hunt some bigger water and some smaller water it really just depends on where the ducks are this is the beautiful thing about Louisiana though is you kind of have options for like any style of hunting you want if you're willing to drive uh, and, and it's right. a pretty it's a pretty non-resident friendly state as far as public land goes and license fees and stuff that's one thing that's turned me away from Arkansas is when it comes to non-residents, uh, like, their licenses are expensive as hell. Uh, and, and you have to pay, like, you can only hunt there certain, like, days of the season or certain parts of the season. Non-residents can hunt there, and that's it. It's pretty stupid. Uh that So, that's one thing that has turned me away from them, uh, which... Freddie explained it to us last week, you know, I mean, and I don't blame them. Our our non-residents kind of poured in there and they probably ruined a lot of their hunting there, but, you know, it's bringing in revenue. So it's a dual-edged sword, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting in a rabbit hole. I'm known to do that, my bad. No, no, it's not not too bad with license here. I mean, it goes up a little bit, but
2: after paying for my hunting license, my duck sample. I think I paid eighty,
1: eight or ninety bucks. Yeah. You know, but yeah. if I was on the refuge, every year I paid more from one hundred and sixty to one hundred and seventy-five bucks for a season pass. Yeah. You know, so you do that, you just go as many times as you want. That's not even including putting in for a lottery. I mean, your reservation,
0: which is a dollar twenty-six. Each huh. day, something like that. Yeah, but but you start. At, start going to every refuge you know yeah. every hunt day i mean you're spending hundreds of dollars really fast oh yeah definitely that sounds yeah. like a california thing to try and get money for everything oh they <laughs> they do they do. for sure what a. Uh, we were talking about i meant to ask you earlier when we were talking about how good teal are to eat but what's your favorite duck recipe bang this is his question but he's not here so i gotta ask it for him oh man um
2: my favorite you know i haven't done this in a while but i would i would probably use a pintail a pintail out of a rice you can tell tell if it's while, you know and you just get that breath and you pluck it and leave the skin
1: on there and I like making like a little, like a mandarin sauce for it. Okay. And also like a blueberry kind of something different, you, you know? know. And uh, I, just, I just sear, I like just playing salt and pepper on there. And a couple garlic cloves, with a little bit of rosemary. And season
2: it on a hot skillet. Turn that puppy around. Finish it off in the oven. And then while you make your little, people call it jam, but it's not jam. You know, it's like more of a... Um, uh, yeah, and then you just yeah. lay a little bit of that blueberry
0: all oh, that blueberry with that that penchill I think is top notch yeah that has, me, uh, that has my mouth water and that sounds really good uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn on, like, to that right now oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a that's, it's going to be interesting to see you know California you guys are only the fifth state we've done on this series so we're going to get a lot of Pretty different answer. Already we've got some pretty unique uh, answers to that question. Uh, and then we also have two other questions that we're kind of, or three other questions that we're trying to get kind of answers for. Uh, oh, I, have a, I have another one for that recipe that you know your spec is
1: probably the best as well. Yeah. You know, and oh yeah, spec is do you ever get a chance to eat a spec belly, hook that sucker bowl, and just stuff it with like fruit, like apples and oranges, lemons? Lime, onion, carrot, celery, and just do a nice dry rub, whatever your favorite dry rub would be. You could be almost anything. It doesn't matter. You really can't
0: ruin ruin it. Yeah. And and um I I like to smoke it for about an hour and then finish it off like in an oven. Really? And yeah, and just eat it just like just carve it and just eat it. I have another buddy who throws it in a fryer and I had BS deep fry and that was awesome. Huh, I never would have yeah, thought I never would have that. I thought. Oh, I don't know how this is going to taste, but it was, it was awesome. It was so so you, good. Like, you just pluck them and roast them. Yeah, he basically just plucked it <laughs> and everything and left the skin and then didn't even season it and threw it right into his uh into his fryer, outdoor fryer, you know, and then wow. checked the step. And once he got to the middle of the temp, it took a little bit. But, oh, and it just cut it. It was so crispy on the outside. And it was... It was delicious. Wow! Yeah, that actually—I don't know. I know. See, I was—I don't know if that's gonna work. <laughs> I don't think Pulled it out and I tried it. I go, this is one of the best I've ever tasted. Well, if I kill a spec, I think that's—I'm gonna write that down Cause, uh. Yeah, try that one. Eat specs whole. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's pretty. Uh, that's not definitely not something I would have thought about at all. Uh-huh. So I've never, heard, I've never seen it or heard about it or anything. Just, but I've never plucked know. a goose in general. We've always breasted all the geese we've killed. Uh, I usually do, too, on stuff I'm not going to do. Like, all my wife's geese and, like, uh, we just, our area just started getting cacklers, yeah. you know, and illusions. We never used to get them early. They all used to come, like, later, you know. Yeah. After the season was over, they'd show up. But last year, they showed up really early. Me and my brother got into them. And we've just been busting them out, and then we take it to our local meat company, and they make them into duck and goose pepper sticks. Yeah. So we just we just do that with our spoonies and you know the stuff, that we don't like to really eat by itself. And uh, we throw that in there and get like a couple bags of pepper sticks. Those are really good too. You know, we've, that's what we've been hearing a lot of is you know, sausages and uh, mm-hmm. like jerky and snack sticks and stuff uh yeah we'll we'll, uh or i use the divers i make jerky out of the divers that we shoot if we ever shoot any like you said if we shoot some spoons or uh ring necks or anything we'll i'll breast them out and uh brine them and then slice them and make jerky out of them and it's actually pretty good oh yeah Uh, that that sounds good i don't know anybody that makes jerky that sounds really good yeah it definitely uh i made a few ways but it, it it's good it's nice to bring the next day and Eat on a hunt, but. Oh yeah, that's what we use it for. <laughs> so, uh, what what kind of shotgun do you shoot? Um, A five Browning. Okay, I I think you're the first Browning we've got.
2: Oh yeah, i I used to shoot my eight seventy Remington three
0: inch for years. Yeah, I got a Super Max. I loved it so much. You know, I dropped that thing the, the pond and picked it up through a shell and it shot. You know. Yeah. Um, that thing was awesome and I just I don't know, just a, I wanted to try something new, so I went to that A five, my brother in law shoots it and I loved it and um yeah I, I love that guy. Hmm. What uh what kind of shells do you shoot out of it? Uh Kent. Kent? New, yeah, Kent. Just about two, three or four. They I uh, those have um, actually, we just powdered my gun uh, the other day, and that was shot better than heavy metal, and just about as good as boss shell. Really? Yeah. Huh. I've heard uh, a lot of good things about Kent lately, but uh, I was going to say I might try and pick some up, but I, at this point, I'm going to have to just take whatever I can get. Uh, I think so I it was hard for you guys to get shells too? Uh yeah, I was in, you know, it there some random like boxes. Everything in stores here is like three and a half. Uh and like BB and shit. So I mean it's nothing that I'm gonna shoot. I I bought a box of three and a half one time uh on clearance from Walmart. It's like three and a half uh three shot mm-hmm. and God dude, it was so awful. I'd never shoot a three and a half inch show again. <laughs> like there's no need in it at all there's there's no reason for it huh no. i one time i bought a case and he uh you had the same reaction my brother in uh, law
2: and my brother and i i hadn't uh, bought it well okay hey let's just shoot that's a three and a half day and then after the you know fifth one we're like screw this i'm walking back to the truck and get those three inches this is this is, horrible.
0: this is stupid yeah no i didn't even make it that far i shot once i was like yeah i'm watching you guys today man like this is it's not enjoyable no it's not and I honestly don't think I shot any better you know like I it was just it was more of me just cringing because I, did, I was waiting for the kick well that's what yeah I was going to say I'd probably you know, if I actually shot him I'd shoot 10 times worse because of yeah. the kick Uh so yeah, three and a half are a no go for me. But they have them everywhere here. Uh, I still got a couple boxes of them from when I bought them on clearance. They're like three dollars a box, but uh, those will be like a last, 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 last resort <laughs> option awesome for me. Right. right here, it it is almost. No, nah, I don't want to say impossible, but you got to be checking um, stores all the time if you want to buy. It it is rough. Yeah. Well. I think everyone around, I think the whole country is kind of dealing with that now. Uh, the stores around here now, you know, we got, they're finally got 9 mil and uh, 5.56 5. and it, a lot of their calibers in, but shotgun shells are few and far between. They got some smaller like dove loads in. I bought two cases of that last week, but other than that, I mean, there's not been any big shells, so it's a bummer. But we got a couple more months. I, uh, I got some, like, steel shot uh, fives or sixes that we'll be using for teal season. And then after that, uh, like I said, we're just going to be, I don't know, scrapping the barrel, getting what we can get. But uh, what is my question? Uh, this is the one I ask everyone. And there is no right answer, but there is a wrong answer. Oh, no. What, what is your go-to snack in the mornings. What do you take um, with you? What we'll,
2: they right now, what's in my backpack? almost every single time I go out is picante, chili picante
1: cornett. <laughs> Have you heard that one dude? Yeah, <laughs> no, I haven't. Yeah, chili picante cornuts I freaking love out there. Um you
0: know, a couple of Gary's Obviously, you know, the duck sticks right there. Yeah. But I got some, my pepper sticks, Gatorade, and chili picante corn nuts. I'm one happy dude. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty decent life. Yeah, you know, it you know, depends on what we're hunting. Sometimes we take one of those little traveling um, stovetops, like. The
1: really really small one, mm-hmm. you know, that you put on the little tiny canisters. And you got a little flame. We'll cook egg, eggs, and bacon out there, and put them on a tortilla. You know. Oh yeah, that well, makes for a good Sometimes too, but uh, other than that, no. Number six,
0: Church's cocktail corn nut and the Gatorade. Good. Yeah, there we go. Simple man. It's a uh, as long as you didn't say honey bun. Man, I just have this problem with honey buns. I don't know why, but. <laughs> Does
2: it not
0: sit well with me or is it disgusting out there at that time? Or I don't know. About a honey bun, I just—I don't like honey buns at all. I think they're nasty. And then someone was like, "Oh yeah, my go-to snacks is honey buns. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> you're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I like don't you." Know. So, I don't know honey buns for me. I don't know. It just. It's weird. Vang's go to Vang loves honey buns too, apparently. So I don't know. Uh I'm just trying to keep everyone off this. Like this chocolate one. I a jam bag of those uh, out there. Oh yeah. I don't I don't take yeah. them, but I definitely could. I have before like you said, I just pound the whole bag out and feel like crap about it. Uh <laughs> yeah, I don't like anything up. Yeah, well I, you know, like we said earlier, you gotta walk two miles back. So I I eat light, (laughs) but uh, man, you know, it was a fun episode. I think we, uh, I think you hit California pretty well. Honestly, I, uh, you know, like I said, I kind of already knew, or I've heard from people uh, that California is a pretty good place in waterfowl hunt. Uh, Oh, it is.
2: I mean, you know, you don't just go and hunt just hours in it. You got to have them every single decoy down there because you. Don't know what's gonna come over you that day. You know, you just gotta kind of be. It's pretty fun,
0: you know. But you gotta be really good at identifying identifying a duck as well. For sure. Uh, we just have so much, so many different species. It's a lot of fun to hunt. Oh yeah, that did uh, It sounds like it'd be cool. I'm definitely gonna save your number. I'll be hollering at you one of these days. I don't know when, and I, I'm gonna make a trip out to California. It's on my to do list. Uh, but like I told you. I got a big to this. You come <laughs> out here in, in just, you know, just
2: June, January, and we'll have a great time. Perfect. I'll get you on from
0: third. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, one day, I will take you up on that. just can't tell you when. Uh, but, man, I appreciate you uh, for, for taking the time out of your day and uh, coming on and talking with me. Uh, and it's, it's going to yeah. be fun. I think California is going to be – at the end, we're going to rank every state. I think California – uh, is is going to be up in the top ten? I think it's it's one of those states, especially since it's a sleeper state to most people. Uh, I, I think that gives it some bonus credit. So, yeah, I think it does too. And just, it's just a lot of hidden gems out here that the rest of the country doesn't even know about, and uh, they're pretty special spots that you wouldn't believe how many birds are sitting in one spot. I mean, it's just it blows my mind every time I see it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, California top ten. I guess I'll have to see what Vang says. He's he gets an equal opinion on this. So once I let him listen to it, we'll see what his opinions on it are. But uh, you definitely need to travel, man. You got to get out of that state and uh, go shoot some ducks somewhere else too. You can't just keep California all to yourself. I can't just sit here and just take it all here. Huh? Yeah, that's cheating, man. You gotta you gotta go struggle somewhere. I know I do, huh? I <laughs> To go, let me know. I want to go for sure, man. Uh, no promises on when that'll be either. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it'll hopefully be sooner than later, you know. Uh, but hey, just stay in California and keep busting them while you can. If it's not broke, don't fix it, right? Yeah, that's right. That's what I say. Oh, right, uh, man. Well, uh, you know, thank you. you having me on, man. I had a lot of fun talking to you about it. I hope uh, you learned a little bit of uh, California I'm here and. For thank sure, man. Well, and, uh, okay, thanks again for having me, you. I really appreciate it. Oh yeah, and thanks to you, man. Uh, I'll I'll be in touch with you. Uh, you our time flew by, actually. Uh, time flies when you're having fun, I guess. But uh, I'll holler at you here in just a little bit, man. Thanks again for hopping on with us.
2: Okay, no problem, man. You have a good one. See right. you later. Bye bye.
0: All right, guys. Well. Um, With that being said, you know, California, like I said, at the beginning of this episode uh, California is one of those places where you would expect it um, to not be that great. I mean, at least that's what my initial impression of California was just because of all the craziness that they have going on,
2: but uh,
0: it's definitely a good waterfowl state. And I think he really proved that to us. I mean, they got cinnamon and teal, so it can't be that bad. Um, that's definitely one of my bucket list birds. Uh, so, like I said, I wasn't kidding. I'm definitely going to try and take him up on that offer uh, and go out to California and shoot some ducks because that sounds like one fun time to me. But, as you guys hear every week, I got plenty of things that I'm trying to do. And the worst part about this freaking series is every week I find somewhere new that I want to travel to and hunt. So... <laughs> I think the only state that will probably not be on my list of places to go is going to be Louisiana because I'm already here and I don't want to hunt here, but uh, I appreciate you guys all for listening. Uh, Again, thank you for the support, guys. If you're new here and you're on YouTube, go ahead, hop down below, hit that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up, and stick around. We got a whole year left of this coming, and uh, everything's back in action. We should be on our grind, and hunting season is literally knocking on my front door right now. Okay, guys, so it won't be much longer until we got some fun hunt videos for you. Uh, We got some more hunt tests and stuff coming up in the future. It's going to be a good time and you don't want to miss it. So hit that subscribe button for me, guys. Uh, If you're following along on your favorite podcasting uh, streaming service, whichever that may be, hit that follow button for me, guys, and do me a favor. Just share it with your friends. That's all it takes to support the channel. Um, So if you got any enjoyment out of any of this episode, guys, just do me those favors. Uh, You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Fly and Be Outdoors if you'd like to. Uh, I'm posted on there pretty regularly. I took the week off to enjoy myself, unwind, be busy, do my honeydews, but I'm back. I'm better, and we're going to keep on growing. We've just surpassed our one year anniversary um, as Flying V. We've expanded a ton. Things have changed, and it's been freaking awesome. With all that being said, Thank you guys again. I hope you guys all have a blessed Thursday night, and uh, we'll see you next week.